Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, my friends. (laughs) Surprise. Yes, indeed. This is another bonus episode. Not only is it a bonus, but it is also episode 90 of the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. This week, we are going all the way back down to Brisbane, Australia. We are talking with horror author, dark fantasy, speculative fiction author, Liz Butcher. And let me tell you, she was a delight to talk with. I had such a great time talking with her. And and it was truly an honor. When she told me later on that this was her first interview that she had done, I found it hard to believe because she was such a pro. She did incredible. Her reading was, I think I made like two edits in her whole reading. And I'm like, wait, what? Are you serious? I mean, get out of town. She does an incredible job. And I I just can't believe this is her first interview. Uh, we had a great time talking. You know, that it's never too late to be what you might have been. We talk about her production that she puts in before the sun rises. And, you know, the inspiration that she has, uh, being aware of your surroundings, uh, that there's stories everywhere. So many things that she talked about was really incredible, and uh, you're going to love this interview. Now, for those of you who've been following the show for uh, for any length of time, then you know the bonus episodes. I, I don't go into any extra news and um, other stuff. I do want to thank our sponsors and friends of the show you store all the number one self-storage facility in the Warrensburg area. And then there's also Scrivener, the absolute best writing software there is. You're going to hear an ad from them here in a moment anyway, uh, still, but I do want to say thank you to them. And of course, my friends over at Pop Goes the Culture Network, they share all our episodes and they have so many other great podcasts and blogs over there for you to check out. So make sure you click the links in the show notes for each of these sponsors and friends. Lots of great stuff for from each of them. You're going to love it. Speaking of great stuff, <laughs> Fate's Fury is Liz Butcher's first novel. Now, it's not her first book, and you're going to hear her talking about this. She has several stories collected into anthologies that she's been a part of for a couple years now. She had her own anthology came out uh, a while back. But Fate's Fury is her very first book. It's a sci-fi fantasy. Came out September 30th. And and something that she wanted to share with you guys, the listeners, is that she is uh, she has a sale right now going on. 99 cents for the book. She extended it for the listeners of the show. It's going out for, uh, I think, a few more days. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's going on for another week. But as of today, October 11th, it's a Friday. You have at least a few more days to go grab her book for 99 cents. So what are you waiting for? Check out this sample chapter and an incredible interview coming from Liz Butcher. And then go get that book. Click the link in the show notes for Fate's Fury. You're going to love it. It looks incredible. Her husband did the artwork. Look at that. Look at that book cover. Wow. <laughs> it's great stuff. I'm going to stop talking. Let's get over to a word from our sponsor, Scrivener, and then we're going to have that interview with our friend, Liz Butcher. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. 
Now I know you've heard about Scrivener because their writing software has been embraced by hundreds of thousands of other writers like you and I, from the novice to best-selling novelists. The reason we all use it is because of Scrivener's core concept to bring all the writing tools you use together in a single application. And with tools like automatic backup, character maps, project goals, and let's not forget that amazing corkboard, you can see why I use Scrivener every day. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Hey, this week we are going back down under to a place that's become very, very special to me. We're heading down to Brisbane, Australia with horror, dark fantasy, speculative fiction author, Liz Butcher. Liz, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here. I've been so excited about this for a while, and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm really, really uh, worked up that, that uh, we finally get a chance to talk. It's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, let the audience know a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay. Well, yes, I'm from Brisbane, Australia, though I've lived around most of the country. Um, I currently live here with my husband and my daughter, um, and I've just published my first standalone novel, Fate Scary. Very cool. And now what's interesting is you say it's your first novel, which is true, but it's not your first story. That's correct, yes. Um, so I have a collection of short stories called After Dark that I released last year. Um, and before that, I had a number of short stories published in anthologies from about 2015 onwards. Uh, so it's been pretty busy. Yeah, I would say so, yes. There was quite a few books in there. Uh, writing with, with all, all sorts of people, including one of our friends of the show, Catherine Hudson, uh, which was really That's cool that. to see. Yeah, she's a she's a delight. Um, she is. <laughs> and so yeah, you've certainly been busy. There's there's a lot of uh, a lot of stories going on in there. Yeah, um, I love it. So, <laughs> what I enjoy doing. Now, has has writing been something that you've always wanted to do? Well, off and on. Um, when I was a, a kid, I loved writing. I used to put together little books with you know, front covers and everything. But uh, it sort of wasn't until my late twenties, um, early thirties, that I started getting stuck back into it, um, so to speak. So it's really been the past few years that, um, yeah, I've been busy at work with it. Ah, okay. It, it, that kind of goes along with the uh, the coffee mug I saw on your website. It's never too late to be what you might have been. Oh, yeah, you saw that. <laughs> I um, did. That yeah, great. that spoke to me. <laughs> It's great. Um, it's, it was a gift from uh, a Facebook group called um, Writer Mums, um, and they, yes, yeah, a group of mums that write. So uh, it's very much focused on that. It's never too late to sort of chase your dream type um, thing. So I love having that mug. It's a, it's a good reminder if I'm feeling a little bit um, behind the pump that yeah, it's just to keep going. You'll get there. Absolutely, I'm I'm a huge believer in that. I I had always wanted to be a writer, and anybody who's been following the show knows my story. That I once I found out I was going to be a grandparent the first time, that was the kick in the hind end that I needed to get going. <laughs> yeah, it would be. 
So you've also got a uh, a BA in psychology. And mm, I do, yes. That's pretty cool. Now, does that uh, <laughs> do do you use that in your day job? Um, not so much in my current day job, though I have done in the past. Yeah. Okay. But that's got to be really good to be able to use when getting inside the characters' heads and uh, go, developing your stories. Oh, absolutely. I've always had a huge fascination with the subconscious, so um, I think that is quite evident in a lot of my work, a lot of, especially a lot of my short stories. Um, can be quite dark, but the subconscious definitely plays a huge role in, in um, all of my stories, I think, um, just those underlying things that drive us or um, just the way people behave. Um, I'm just, yeah, I'm extremely fascinating. So um, it's actually really cool to, I guess, create characters with um, all that experience, like just creating what motivates them and what drives them and what their little, little behaviour characteristics are and they're a little bit carried away with it and probably are into it too much. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like you said, too, with the the subconscious mind, and uh, it, it it looks like, uh, like well, like, for instance, with After Dark, it seems like you've got a very uh, subconscious, cerebral uh, feeling with it. Like, well, let, let me read here from your the description of it. What's waiting for you in the shadows? Ghosts, curses, and creatures of the dark. These stories take you on a journey from the secret whispering of the trees to the torments of the subconscious mind. That is, yeah, that definitely is getting inside somebody's head. Good. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> well, well um, t- tell us about After Dark, how, how this came about. Well, it actually started as um, sort of putting together a number of the short stories that I had previously published in other anthologies. Um, with some new work thrown in and um, sort of each main story is sort of separated by a, a drabble. So you've got these little um, sort of seemingly random bursts of horror um, sort of separating each each chapter. It's kind of like just a, a photograph of some nightmarish thought um, and it, for me it's just I really wanted to kind of create that sensation of, sort of that feeling in people of not quite knowing um, what's happening, sort of that feeling when you wake up in the middle of the night and you think you've heard something but you can't put your finger on it and that kind of on-edge sort of experience that you get without actually knowing or being able to find out the cause. So to me I think that's a cool kind of scary. It's not, um, you know, blood and gore or anything like that, but it's more that suspenseful doubting your own mind Um and doubting what you see in here and questioning your own, yeah, your own, your own mind essentially, <laughs> um, and not knowing what's not. So I love that sort of side of, of horror. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, that's a really great way to put it. Like you do with the uh, it, it, horror doesn't always have to be the blood and gore. It's the suspense that really gives you those shivers, and that's I think what sticks with you after whether it's a movie or a story. It's that, that sensation of, oh, gosh, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, exactly, that, that on-edge feeling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, whenever you are writing these stories like this, do some of them, do they come from dreams or 
uh, maybe an experience that you had? Anything from the background? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dreams probably play a big role in it, um, which probably sounds a bit off-putting considering I'm mainly right horror, but the root of the idea might come from a dream or experience, strange experiences that I've had, and more often than not, just a random idea that pops into my head out of nowhere that happens all the time <laughs> that I've got to jot down. Um, so, but yeah, inspiration just sort of just comes from everywhere. I'm really lucky in that I don't, I kind of just seem to have an endless tap of it. It just happens all the time. So it just comes from everywhere. I draw from everything, which um, is pretty cool, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's been a recurring theme on the show is a lot of the authors who it's like, no, it's the circumstances. Yeah. It's being able to see the things around you and go, hmm, what if this happened to that person walking over there? Or what if suddenly this happened or yeah, those kinds of, and just being aware of, yeah, asking the questions. Yeah, it's like part observation, part overactive imagination. So I think <laughs> if, you, if you've got both, then you're all set. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we were talking before the show, you were telling me about your uh, your schedule, which is, uh, wow. I mean, that's you are definitely an early riser. Uh, getting up at four in the morning to get your writing in. That's holy cow. Yeah, a lot of, I get that reaction from a lot of people. <laughs> um, they think I'm crazy, but um, no, I, I'd like it. I, I like getting up before the sun is up. I don't, it just makes me feel like I'm being more productive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I just, I just love that time of day. It's just so quiet and peaceful, and I seem to be able to focus more um, Yeah, early in the morning. Whereas at the end of the day, I tend to be a bit more tired and less focused and, um, you know, other life things going on. So I just, yeah, I love that pre-dawn, dawn time where there's everyone else is asleep and, yeah, just get in there and get it done. I think there's certainly something about that because that was something I learned about myself was that I really enjoy I, – I don't get up that early, but I, I do get up early because uh, you got to get the last of the, my uh, – my high school kids off to the bus, but I'll be up before then. And that's when I do my creative writing on, you know, future book or, or whatever. That's when, I don't know if it's maybe that I'm just not quite awake yet. And so that, I mean, that dreamlike state waiting on the coffee to come up and that's when I do my best creative writing compared to in the afternoon after work, I'm a little more worn down and that's when I do my critical thinking. So that's when I'll do my editing. Yeah, and I think too, that time of morning, almost something surreal about it, um, just knowing that, you know, most most of the people around you are still asleep and there's that sense of the new day coming and it's just, yeah, almost like you said, it's still semi-dreamlike sort of feel to it, whereas by the end of the day, the real world's hit, you've had your full day and I guess maybe it's harder to get back into that um, creative type zone when yeah the real world surrounding me but yeah first thing in the morning definitely that yeah really creative feel i think for me anyway yep yep there was a there was an author uh here recently uh edward willett and he had mentioned how that uh the creative process is just like working out it's a muscle that needs to be worked and uh he has his routine and and it just the way he said that, that struck me in my mind. I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's very much 
before I was writing all the time, that's what I would do in my mornings was I would work out. Uh, although I got lazy mm. for a while and I wasn't working out. But if you were, <laughs> when, when I would work out first thing in the morning, I felt great all day. And now, same thing. When I get my writing in in the mornings, I feel good about it all day. And a lot of times that sticks with me throughout the day. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get back to it. Yeah, exactly. And on, on the odd occasion that I don't get up early, um, whether it be I'm not well or there's something going on and I don't get that writing time in, it throws me off for the whole day. I just don't feel you know, right. And, um, yeah, I think I get a little bit cranky that I haven't had that early morning time. So it's like missing a cup of coffee or something like that. Like I, if I don't have it, then I feel the effects of that for the whole day until the next morning when I can rectify it again. So um, I guess it's just that habit you develop and then once it's there, you kind of can't deter from it or else there's consequences. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, our, your most recent book just came out um, September 30th, Fate's Fury, uh, sci-fi fantasy, and it looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Tell, tell us about, uh, what, what can you tell the audience about the book? Uh, well, it's a little bit tricky because I don't want to give too much away, but it's basically uh, a story about a young man, Jonah, um, on his 30th birthday, returns to Australia after being overseas. Um, and is immediately involved in uh, a car accident um, after this strange redhead woman just stands in the middle of the road um, and then basically goes from there that all these people start dying and reports of this mysterious redhead woman um, and he and his two best friends find themselves at the centre um, of a fairly rapidly apocalyptic situation. So basically a fusion of sort of the ancient worlds and modern worlds. So we've got uh, the appearance of some ancient gods um, that comes through and some mythological um, beings, but it's essentially the fates have had a duffel of us. Um, they have decided that we've just ruined everything. We've had too many chances and they just want to scrape us from the, the face of the earth and start a fresh with us. Um, and that's basically the premise of it. It's just do we deserve to be here? Do we deserve to be saved? And um, can people get out of their own way to see what, what's worth fighting for? Oh, my goodness. And you were telling me before the show, this had been, writing this had been quite the journey for you. I explain that. Uh, I actually started writing it back in 2012. So uh, it was a really long journey as far as actual writing the whole thing went. Um, and I guess there was probably a period of about 12 months where I didn't even sort of touch it um, for one reason or another. Uh, and I guess it's just a, the whole book itself is just one big personal growth journey for me, um, both as a writer and as an adult as well. Um, so there's so much that have happened during the course of writing this book that uh, it kind of became quite personal. It was almost sad when I actually finished it because it kind of <laughs> felt like I was closing this big chapter of my life because it literally had been years since I'd been working on it. Um, but I'm also very proud of it because I guess it doesn't just represent the end of a story that I've worked on. It, represents sort of, I guess, 
um, at the end of a really huge period of growth, which I think is important as people. You've got to go through those periods to become better people and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's just really special on a lot of levels for me. Oh, yeah. Well, and you're not alone there. I My, my first book, uh, although it came out last year, I actually began it while I was in Japan in 2011. And it just was, it was something I'd worked on off and on until finally that, that kick in the rear, finding out I was having grandkids a couple of years ago. That's what finally was like, okay, let's get serious. Uh, where am I on this story? Like you were saying there, the growth I had throughout and especially in that last year before it finally came out and then that feeling when I finally hit the button and then I turned around and looked at my wife and said, oh my gosh, I just published a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very surreal, I think. Yeah, it really was, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think, too, when, when you spend that long on a book, even if you're not writing it continuously, you've still got those characters, um, you know, in your mind for, that, for all those years. Um, so it almost feels sad when you finally do finish that story because you feel like now you've got to let them go, you've got to say goodbye to them. Um, which probably sounds crazy to people that don't write, write books, but <laughs> you do become very attached to these characters and they become sort of part of your life and in some ways part of your sort of daily thought process even because you're always kind of thinking in the back of your mind about what they're going to do next or, um, oh, such and such might like this or such and such could do this. And, um, yeah, you spend a lot of time with them in your head <laughs> while yeah. you're writing the stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they, it's funny to tell people like, yeah, these characters spoke to me. Like I, I knew them very well. They told me what they wanted to do, and it's, it's, it's. Yeah, people definitely look at us like we're crazy. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what's uh, what's coming next for you? What are you, what are you working on? Uh, well, I'm just in the editing stages of my next book, which is called Larue Manor, uh, and that's a young adult uh, horror story. Uh, so that's exciting. And then I'm nearly finished the first draft of my novel after that, which is um, called Never Never, and that's a sort of a paranormal slash crime mismatch. And then starting work on a serial that I'm hoping to do. So, yeah, lots coming up. Oh, my goodness, yes. You're staying staying busy as ever, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> <I like> <laughs> <people>. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, where can, uh, where can people find you and follow you? Yes, yeah, so um, across all the normal platforms, I've got my uh, website. There's um, Amazon, Facebook author page, Instagram, um, all the usual fonts. Um, you can find me there, and I'm always happy to say hello. All right, wonderful. And we'll make sure to have links for all this in the show notes, everyone, so that way you know where you can go follow miss butcher and uh, of course uh, we'll go and we'll put the links on there for the books as well so that way you can pick these up because this is going to be incredible i know i can't wait to hear this chapter and uh, liz thank you so much this has been a real delight for me i've been looking forward to this for some time and i'm just so happy that we uh, we were able to finally connect oh my pleasure thank you for having me <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what that means. I'm going to scooch my office chair off to the side so that I don't make any noise. And it's time for our chapter reading from Liz Butcher with Fate's Fury. Here we go. Chapter one. 
The young man's gait was a little unsteady, as if he was sleepwalking, he was only vaguely aware of the fact that his body was no longer in control. He had no idea where he was going or how long he'd walked, but he did know it had been many hours, judging by how far the sun had traversed across the sky. The rough and rocky ground cut into the already raw soles of his feet with every step, coating them in blood and dust. Each breath grated along the sandpaper of his throat. In his fugue state, he longed for water. Even then, he couldn't stop whispering to himself, willing his body to stop to let him rest. But his feet just continued, stepping one in front of the other. As he longed for unconsciousness to take a firmer hold, for the relief of the darkness of death, his body stopped. Before he could pin down his gratitude and relief, he was forced to his knees. His yell of pain sounded raw and primal to his own ears, but the rock cutting into his knees was the least of his concerns. His hands moved on their own, sweeping away the sand and dirt in front of him. Then his fingers dug beneath the surface of the hard terrain, clawing at the rock and the packed earth, and he was completely powerless. The sharp stones cut into his hands, his fingernails snapped and ripped from their beds, and his silent screams echoed only within his own mind. Jonas Sand stepped out of the bustling Brisbane airport. He turned his face towards the fierce Australian sun and smiled, relieved to be home. As he joined the taxi queue, he glanced at his watch and realised he hadn't changed the time after leaving Greece. He moved to the next available taxi and greeted the driver politely, helping to load his bags into the truck. Are you visiting or returning home? The driver asked. Returning, Jonah replied, running his hand through his shaggy blonde hair. He wiped his sunglasses on his shirt before putting them on. Where are you returning from? They both got into the car. I was over in Greece for a few weeks for work. What do you do? Jonah pulled his phone from his satchel and turned it on. I'm a photojournalist. Nice. Plenty to photograph over there, I'm sure. So where are we headed? Jonah gave the driver his address, then his phone rang. His best friend Tristan calling. Excuse me, I need to get this, Jonah said. The driver nodded, navigating his way through the traffic. Happy birthday, mate. Glad you finally decided to join me in the thirties. Jonah chuckled. It's my birthday today? I was hoping I'd skipped it somehow with the time difference. Are we still on for dinner at your folks tonight? You know it. No one can escape the family birthday dinner, not even you. Hey, what was with the cryptic emails while you were away? Tristan asked. Jonah sighed. I don't know how to explain it without sounding paranoid. It just felt like someone was watching me from the minute I got there. What's that saying? Tristan asked. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean no one's after you? Thanks, mate. That's helpful. Jonah stared out the window. Well, did you see anyone who looked suspicious? Or any sign someone was watching or following you? Tristan asked. No, I didn't, Jonah admitted. It was more like a feeling I couldn't shake. It didn't stop until I left the country. That's weird, dude. Are you sure you didn't unlock some kind of mummy's curse while you were there? Jonah laughed. Not likely, considering I was in Greece and not Egypt. You know what I mean, just encountered. What if you triggered a curse or something? You were on an expedition. I know, but I don't believe in curses, and I only take photographs. It's not like I touched anything. If you say so, at least you're back now. Anyways, I have to go back to work, so happy birthday. I'll pick up at six. Jonah ended the call and smiled. Couldn't help but overhear it's your birthday, the driver said, meeting Jonah's gaze in the rearview mirror. Yeah, mate, the big 3-0. Ah, well, it's been a long time since I was that age, so enjoy it. Thanks, will do, Jonah replied and finally settled into his seat. The fatigue from his journey stepped over him and he wound the window down halfway to keep himself awake. The driver chuckled. What's so funny? Jonah leaned forward. There's a birthday song for you on the radio, though you may be too young to know it. The driver declared as he turned up the volume. 
Jonah couldn't help but laugh as blue oyster cults don't fear the reaper filled the car. The driver turned around. Happy birthday. Jonah's attention moved in horror from the driver to the windscreen. A woman stood facing them in the middle of the road, another headed right for her. Look out, he yelled. The driver's head stippled around in surprise. Jonah braced himself as the driver swerved sharply to avoid hitting the woman and swerved again to dodge the oncoming traffic before losing control and plowing into a parked car. Jonah felt his belt snap. He gripped the seat in front of him, his breath catching his throat as the car flipped in the air. Jonah moaned when the pain pulled him back to consciousness. He opened his eyes and looked around. It took him a moment to realise he was lying on the side of the road and see the crumpled smoking taxi up ahead. The buckled door was forced open and a bloodied, injured driver eased himself out. Jonah tried to call out to him, horrified to find himself mute. He wanted to raise his arm but couldn't move. Panic seized him when he wondered if he'd been paralysed in the accident. The driver's face contorted in pain, blood dripping from the gash in his forehead as he slumped to the ground beside his car. Despite the fact that they'd been driving heavy traffic only moments ago, now there was only the foot taxi on the other side of the road. Jonah tried to move his head to look for anyone who could help. What the hell is going on? Beyond the driver, he caught movement at the edge of his vision. With slow yet purposeful steps, the woman who caused the accident approached him. Jonah tried again to call out, but still his body would not respond. Any fear he'd held for his own well-being disappeared beneath the sudden dread he felt now for the taxi driver. Something about the woman made him wish to could run and hide. Why is she moving so goddamn slow? It infuriated and terrified him all at once. The taxi driver managed to prop himself up to a seated position against the car. When he noticed the woman approaching, he called out to her for help, his voice cracked and gasping. The woman continued toward him in silence, without reaction or emotion, and the man stared at her in helpless confusion. She stopped in front of him and stared down at his bloody face. Flaming red hair starkly contrasted her ivory skin, illuminated against the flowing black dress she wore. She slowly raised her arm, clutching in her hand a strange, glowing cord, which seemed to resonate with its own internal life force. The driver's confusion bloomed into panic, the longer the woman stared at him, unblinking. Without diverting her intense gaze, she raised a gleaming pair of silver scissors in her other hand. In one sweeping motion, she severed the cord between the scissor blades, and Jonah swallowed hard when the driver's head fell back against the car, his dead, blank stare, and upward into nothingness. The woman then turned her gaze to Jonah, with slow, languid steps to make her way toward him as though she knew full well he could not flee. Immobilised, he heard his own heart pounding in fierce protest. She stopped, tilted her head, and stared straight into his eyes. He held his breath. Her mouth twisted upwards in a sneer before she turned and walked away, red hair billowing behind her by a wind Jonah could not feel. Then she was gone. He could barely move to look around, wondering where the hell she'd gone and how she'd disappeared. Whatever paralysis had gripped him abruptly ceased, engulfing him in even more pain, and all the thoughts of the woman vanished. He finally called out for help as the world blurred before him. Right before he lost consciousness, he heard the radio and the taxi still playing in the now silent street. Come on, baby, don't be the reaper. And that was Liz Butcher reading a sample chapter from her debut book, Fate's Fury. A gripping sci-fi fantasy. It's available right now for 99 cents. It's a limited time offer. Go get your copy right now. Don't forget to also click the links in the show notes to find and follow Liz Butcher. Don't forget to also check out our friends and sponsors of the show. 
And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that next week you don't miss out when we come back with a new author, a new book, and another sample chapter. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. We'll see you again very soon.